You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We are here in Bismarck, North Dakota at St. Anne's Catholic Parish. I'm Karen Selensky, along with the parochial vicar of St. Anne's, um, Father Craig Holkalter. Morning, Karen. Good morning, Father. And we've had a wonderful first half. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, fast. just Very yeah, fast. really fast. Great guests. Um, you know, uh, Jan with the Bishop's Fishing Tournament in South Dakota, and we just. Uh, visited with Camille Polly with the healing, healing the culture with the one year anniversary coming up of Roe versus Wade. So, wonderful guests, and now on to another wonderful guest. So, Absolutely. yes, we have Father um, Marty Nagy from Belfield, North Dakota. Welcome, Father. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, and so can you just. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I was, um, I, I did get to hear a little bit about you at the at the uh, state convention of the Catholic Daughters in Belfield, North Dakota, that happened in May. So, if you want to just let people know a little bit about you, that would be great. Yeah. So, I'm Father uh, Marty Nagy, a Ukrainian Catholic priest serving at Saints Demetrius and John the Baptist uh, Ukrainian Catholic churches in Belfield. And we're a Byzantine Catholic, uh, part of the St. Nicholas Eparchy, uh, the diocese in Chicago. And, uh, yes, I was at the Catholic uh, Daughters Conference. Wonderful experience, prayerful, moving speakers, <laughs> beautifully decorated to honor different yes. titles of the Mother of God, and uh, even recognizing uh, Belfield's Ukrainian connections there. You know, and, uh, you know, the Catholic Daughters, of course, have a tremendous history of prayer and service, and so I thank them for supporting our, our church and education and unborn and, and vocations. And so one of the things I, I talked about there, because uh, uh, one of the prayers and themes was vocations, uh, that I'm a vocations director, mm. and I actually was one of those who needed extra prayer and encouragement for my vocation. Uh, my family fostered vocations when young. We prayed the rosary nightly and went to Mass daily. I went to Catholic schools. And when I was six, I announced to my dad that I would be a priest. And then in eighth grade, after hearing the Franciscan friars, I uh, wanted to go to their minor seminary. But then I heard how much it cost, and I thought, oh, I, I don't want to spend that much on me. And then, uh, and then throughout high school, I thought about the seminary. And after graduating, I doubted my ability to be a priest. But then I went to a state college and attended Mass daily, but, you know, I fell gullible, like many people, to the influences there and almost lost my faith. Uh, but my family's prayers revived my faith. After college, I finally studied with the Franciscans, but again, doubted whether I could be a good priest and left. So in my 30s, a pastor encouraged my vocation, and I signed up for seminary, but never went. So years later, a spiritual director felt I still had a call to the vocation, but I thought I'd burn those bishop uh, bridges. But uh, I met a Ukrainian Catholic priest who fostered my vocation. But even in the seminary, I had my doubts, and I called my bishop, and I said, I just don't have what it takes to be a priest. And he said, I know that. I was not planning on you counting on yourself. I was planning on you counting on God. <laughs> so that's what I needed to hear. And so this isn't my priesthood; it's it's God. So, Father Marty, I'm thanks. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. You're, the um, there's uh, 
there's there's such a, 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 a authenticity to your your story mm-hmm. and not only that but just the your perseverance in the midst mm-hmm. of self-doubt and the utter truth of all priesthood right that it's not ours and no one right no man is capable of it but uh with grace and uh, friendship with our lord uh he makes us capable um and i wanted i've always i've known you for some years now i've always wanted to know the ukrainian tie-in mm-hmm. uh and now i know, now that our listeners know it um but it's interesting that you brought up i don't know if you've been listening or not but our first segment uh, about 45 minutes ago, Father Marty, our first segment was was this very topic of uh, the the cost, right? And and how how many men could be could be or are swayed away from seminary because of the cost that that dollar number? Because um, yeah. we were talking about this fundraiser in South Dakota, this fishing tournament that helps to really cover the cost of seminary formation in the diocese of, of Sioux Falls. And so, mm, it, yeah, God's providence is alive right now, very alive and very, very uh, felt, very sensed uh, by your own story. Mm-hmm. So, Father Marty, um, you're part of the Ukrainian Catholic Church. Can you explain that a little bit to our listeners? Um, there, I'm sure there's lots of questions about yeah. that. So, the Ukrainian Catholic Church uh, uses the Byzantine uh, rite. Uh, Ukrainian Catholic Church began in 988. Uh, we have uh, St. Volodymyr. The Prince of Kiev, Rus, sent emissaries to investigate the religions of the neighboring nations, wondering if they uh, should still uh, remain a pagan. And those who visited the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople uh, said that when the Christians worshipped God, we did not know whether we were in heaven or upon earth. And so hearing that, St. Volodymyr uh, went to be baptized first, and then all of the people of uh, Kiev, Rus, uh, were baptized there in the river in Kiev. So the Ukrainian Catholic Church uses the liturgy of uh, St. John Chrysostom, who was the patriarch of the Byzantine Church uh, in Constantinople in the 4th century. Hmm, interesting. So is Belfield one of the only Ukrainian churches that we have in North Dakota, or do we have more? I'm, I'm not even uh, sure. There's one in Minot and one in Wilton. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's good to know. And then there are over 20 Catholic churches in communion with the Pope, correct? And and then why do we have the district rights? Uh, so the Catholic Church has, uh, as you said, a number of different rites that are used in various Catholic churches, you know, Latin, Byzantine, Alexandrian, Antiochian, Armenian, Chaldean, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church, of course, uses a Latin rite. But before his ascension uh, in Matthew's Gospel tells us that uh, Jesus commissioned them uh, to make disciples of all the nations. And, of course, this began at Pentecost when the apostles preached in different languages to the people gathered in Jerusalem from different nations. But we know that every language has a culture associated with it, and our language expresses how we relate relate to reality and how we we pray. So the apostles preached according to what the the people understood and adapted to the people where they traveled. And so uh, from apostolic times, the Catholic Church has always had these various traditions. It's part of who uh, she is as Catholic or a universal church. So the the first liturgical rite, or uh, what we would call uh, a Mass, mostly was composed by St. James, uh, one of Jesus' relatives, and it was based on the early Christian worship in Jerusalem. Uh, The Maronite Catholic Church uh, uses a modified form of this liturgy. 
uh, the St. John Chrysostom and St. Basil Liturgies, which the the, uh, Byzantine churches uses, are also a modification of the St. James Liturgy. You know, we had St. Mark, Peter's uh, disciple, uh, evangelized Alexandria, and he composed the liturgy that's used by the Coptic and Ethiopian churches. And, of course, St. Peter uh, went to Antioch and then to Rome, uh, where he was martyred. His brother, uh, the Apostle Andrew, evangelized the Byzantium uh, area, which became Constantinople. And so he founded uh, the Ukrainian Catholic Mother Church there. So we, so all these different rites and all these different liturgies, of course, have a, a liturgy of the Word and a liturgy of the Eucharist. Uh, but the difference were influenced by the cultures and the theology of the Christian community who used them as the apostles went out. So they all have apostolic succession. Uh, they're just ex- different expressions uh, that uh, came up uh, in similar liturgies uh, in the early church. You know, Father Marty, it's it's great that you uh, that was that was a lot. You know, for our listeners to hear, it's. Um, um, uh, if we could pare it down a little bit, uh, just for the sake of, of teaching real well on air, uh, I think something so insightful about what you said, and you ended with it, but you also started with it, is this this true apostolic nature of the Catholic Church, right? That that indeed, right? We have these liturgical rites and these ways of the Mass that. Um, for most of us, right, it's, it's very kind of uh, uh, undiverse or, if you will, kind of monochromatic or uh, really just like mono, you know, we, we kind of know one form or like one kind. And, and to recognize and really appreciate the Catholic Church has the fullness of revelation, knowing that the Lord's followers, right, that the 12 apostles, the 11 of the 12 would have went out to different parts and adapted the worship to the culture and language of like these first generations of Christians. And that's still, uh, although in smaller form, right? That's still alive today. And I, I think it's great that you're, you know, in Be- little Belfield, North Dakota, mm-hmm. but just on air today that you're able to explain it as you did in such a good way, a full way of, of how we have these rights in the Catholic church. They're in union with the Pope. And we're going to get to that after break about what does it mean? Right. Because we also know that there's, other uh, communities out there that are not in union with the Pope. They wouldn't mm-hmm. be Catholic, although they might use the word Catholic. And so I, I think it's, a, it's thank you for your time and, and just for what you said to us in terms of uh, these distinct rites that are alive in the church, just in a smaller form, because most of us are so used to the Latin rite that the Roman Catholic mm-hmm. Church uses. Uh, um, but the, apost- you know, the apostolic nature is, is real. And we ought to be reminded of that, as you did in a, in a, in a really good way. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I am your host, uh, one of your hosts this morning, Father Craig Holkalter, along with Karen Zielinski. We're speaking with uh, Father Marty Nagy, who is the pastor of both, uh, help me out, Father Marty, both St. Demetrius and St. John. St. Demetrius and St. John the Baptist, yeah. St. John the Baptist. Oh, so, uh, so do you, is it the same... Uh, calendar, will you be celebrating his, his birthday on June 24th? Uh, yes. yes. June 24th. And we'll, is... have a big, we'll have a big feast at our, our parish. Ah, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> uh, we're, we're speaking with Father Marty Nagy, and we'll be back with him in uh, just a few seconds. Thank you.
Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have in our Holy Church is that we have a Holy Mother, Jesus' Mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ as our brother? then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my son. Come to Jesus Christ. Lavinia Spirito for Catholic with Bible Study. In today's political and cultural landscape, it can be difficult to argue that there is an objective truth because in today's age, feelings and desires rule. In a word, sentimentality prevails. Because sentimentality prevails, we applaud grossly immoral behavior in the name of fairness. We cannot reason through issues because we wouldn't want to be mean. But Christ wants more for us than to be subject to sentimentality. He wants us to use our unique human reason to reach the truth about our world and the next. John 8.32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace. Power. Purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Swanski along with Father Craig Holcalter. And I just would like to... um, Give a shout out to the St. Anne's Catholic um, Parish here, to Father Craig Holcalter, to Father Sattler, for letting us set up our studio here. It's a great little setup, and um, we're very appreciative to have that opportunity. So thank you. You're welcome. Yes, you got it. So I just, we are visiting right now with um, Father Marty Nagy, and I just want to give a shout out also to the Belfield community, to the Catholic Daughters, to all of the Knights of Columbus, to Father Shane Campbell, um, to Father or to Monsignor Richter from Dickinson as well, that we're all part of the State Catholic Daughters Convention. It was a beautiful event, uh, very well attended. Great food, great camaraderie, um, beautiful decorations, like Father Marty said. So thank you uh, for that. We greatly appreciate you hosting that, and we'll see what Williston does in two years. That's where it's going to be held. So. Ah, good to know. <laughs> yes. Do you want to visit a little bit more, Father Holcalter, yeah. with? You know, something I've been thinking about, Karen, and, and Father Marty, for you, you know, what, what do, is it just a matter of, so you mentioned that in the state of North Dakota, there's three churches, three parishes, if you will, um, Minot, Wilton, and Alton Belfield. Is, is it true that um, 
that is this is just a matter of where these people settled and a priest settled with them that these churches were established and then grew uh yeah so the, in uh, the belfield area uh the um U- ukrainian uh, immigrants started coming in in the late 1800s and early 1900s and they came here uh because of uh the homesteaded uh property and uh, this is actually the, the second highest per capita amount of Ukrainians in the country. Uh, so there was a big Ukrainian uh, community here, uh, and one of the first things they wanted was a church to worship in. So the, the people that moved here built a church and then uh, requested a, a priest, and a priest was sent to them. And, and what so year was that? Uh, how they did it. Uh, so the, so uh, St. Demetrius was established in 1904. Wow. Mm. Interesting. So we, we before the break, we were visiting a little bit about the the district rights, and so what does it mean exactly to be in communion with the Pope? Just curious with that. Well, so since the Pope and the other Eastern Catholic churches uh, recognize the Ukrainian Church as part of the Catholic Church, I can can celebrate at any Roman Catholic Church, and any Roman Catholic priest can come and can celebrate at the Ukrainian Church. Um, we can also can celebrate at any of the other Eastern churches that are in communion. Uh, and uh, uh, any Roman Catholic can receive communion in a uh, Ukrainian church or any other Eastern Catholic church. And this also fulfills the uh, Sunday obligation, because we are in full and visible communion. Uh, in the, the Byzantine Divine Liturgy, in fact, we pray for the Pope five times during the liturgy, uh, and we accept the leadership of the, the Pope. So the Catholic Church, in that sense, is not just a, a monolith, but it's a family of 23 churches in communion with each other and the Pope, uh, of course, uh, and they all have apostolic succession. They all have true sacraments. They believe in the real presence of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, uh, the, the documents of the, the Vatican Council say that uh, although we have our own theology, liturgy, spirituality, and canonical tradition, and we're all uh, self-governing, uh, we have our own synod of bishops and chaired by the Patriarch of Kiev, but we name and appoint our own bishops, but of course the Pope approves them. So although our theology differs, differs as the Church says, we complement each other we don't con- contradict each other. We just emphasize different aspects. And our theology begins sometimes in different premises, but our conclusions are always the same. Father Marty, that's a, mm-hmm. a really good summary for us. I, mm-hmm. I, I also want to you know, just say thank you for... for uh, you, you, you're a bit of a historian, and uh, that's very helpful on the radio because I think people always have those questions. You know, I when, think so. When yes. we finish an interview, we're, we're, we can be late to the question of, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, why don't we ask that? Because he would have known. And, and you're, you're kind of getting there before even we are. Karen and I are getting there. So thank you for your foresight just in the history of and offering right this idea of what does it mean to be in communion with Pope Francis? What does it mean to be out of communion, right? Uh, a communion that is visible and real. Um, and and to go back in its history, right, in terms of like how did such churches get to Western North Dakota, and and really to list those concrete things, right? So certainly uh, the liturgy and your sacraments, your theology, your spirituality looks different, but you have seven sacraments, right, and you have the mass, yeah. and you have mm-hmm. canonical records, and you have 
uh, local and diocesan law, right? You have, to your point, you're a vocation director. And to that topic, Father Marty, what, you know, what is, what is unique about uh, maybe what would be uh, complementarity, you know, or complementary to your point, or maybe a, a small contrast would be the promise of celibacy and the law of celibacy in your church. Is that correct? Sure, yeah. So uh, we do ordain married people to be uh, priests. We do have uh, married clergy. Uh, of course, our bishops are, are celibate. Um, we do have married clergy. Another thing, uh, for example, our uh, Byzantine Rite uses leavened bread. Uh, so we emphasize that, you know, with that, the symbolism of Jesus rising from the dead, you know, whereas the Roman Catholic Church uses unleavened bread, kind of emphasizing the unleavened bread carried by the Israelites at their exodus from slavery after the Passover. So it's complementary with different emphasis, uh, but not contradictory. You know, we call the Eucharist bread the lamb, so we too relate it to the Passover. Um, but these things complement each other, you know, they, they don't contradict. Um, our, our churches uh, look different uh, a lot of times. They're adorned with icons, uh, including a, a wall and doors of icons between the altar and the church. Our churches have domes, uh, you know, typically uh, either three or five, three representing the Trinity and five, the five wounds of Christ. Sometimes there's more. Our whole liturgy is song. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. use... Uh, and we don't use instruments. Uh, there's incense and bells and bowels. So we worship God with all of our senses, including our noses uh, at, our, at our churches. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes, we should do that. Yeah. All senses. We, God gave us five. Let's use all five. <laughs> Bishop, yeah. Father, Father Marty, uh, speak yeah. more about in, in, your, in your church, right, in the Ukrainian rite. Speak more about, you know, how... Um, the people of God, uh, young men, look upon this idea that um, you, you, you do ordain, the Church does ordain married men, and the, the promise of celibacy is not binding, uh, unless, of course, you're married, uh, excuse me, you're ordained, and you are, you've, you've made the promise of celibacy, uh, like in your case, uh, you cannot go get married. Right, yeah, so we... Uh We'll ordain married people, but we don't marry ordained people. So, uh, yeah, so there is that distinction, you know, uh, you know, kind of reflecting on Paul's writings in Corinthians. Uh, whatever state of life you're in when you're called, uh, you know, to the, the priesthood, and that, that's where you remain. Uh, same with deacons, of course. And, uh, and so I have some seminarian classmates who feel called to uh, both vocations, and so they've gone through the seminary, and they're waiting for that other uh, vocation to to be met. Um, But uh, so we have then in a lot of our parishes, uh, the priests are married with with families uh, and uh, serving in in that regard. and like I said, uh, the, the bishops oftentimes come out of monasteries, uh, but we do have a number of uh, celibate clergy that sometimes are raised up to, to bishops as well. So we do have both. Father Marty, how often will you, are you able to get together with, how often do you see other uh, Ukrainian rite priests? Yeah, so that's uh, the challenge uh, for us in that, uh, there's just a, a small diaspora in the Western Church, so the churches are pretty spread out. And so 
Uh, I don't get to see people in person very often, just uh, a few times a year. And actually, uh, the Bismarck clergy has been uh, real helpful uh, to me for that. And uh, the bishop, when he was here visiting, expressed his uh, gratitude to the uh, Bismarck uh, clergy. They kind of uh, have let me fellowship with them and... uh, and be supported. So uh, that's a real gift that uh, there is uh, such a good Catholic community here and such welcoming and solid uh, Bismarck priests. Now, do you, as voca- your vocation director of your eparchy, which is, uh, I guess, along the same lines as a diocese? Right. And what tasks do you, or do you have with that? Uh, do you do you, you, do you host? Do you promote? Do you recruit? Do you go to events to nourish vocations? Right, yeah. So um, I've only recently been named, and so uh, I am planning all those things. Uh, mostly I've been uh, talking to people uh, on the, uh, the phone, and some I've met in per- person, introduced them to the bishop. And so, but yeah, I have uh, people that are all over the country since uh, our diocese uh, goes from um, Chicago all the way to Hawaii. So, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. I I was thinking in my head, Father Marty. I'm thinking that you'd go somewhere, you know, just shy of the West Coast, but I didn't think you'd go beyond the West Coast and then the ocean as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking somewhere along the lines of Colorado or Nevada or Utah, you know, on the north and south of those points, but not into the coast and then over the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I'm just curious, how many um, how many families do you have in the Belfield area that are part of your church? I'm sorry, how many what? How many families? Oh, families. Yeah, so we, uh, um, you know, we have small communities, so there's probably anywhere from uh, a 70 to 100 people uh, uh, that are parishioners at each uh, parish. You know, so. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Father Marty. You had some wonderful insights about mm. the Ukrainian church. I think we could have you on again because I think a lot of people don't know about, um, you know, about the, that part of the church. So um, thank you again for being with us. Appreciate it. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Have a good day. So stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. We have another great interview um, to end our show here um, with the Holy Spirit School principal. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence.